Welcome to this week's episode of Let's Talk Business. I'm Mr. Clean, hosting with the Hitman. Hey, peeps. How's everyone doing? Been answering. Well, that's what the peeps do. The peeps, the peeps hate mine anyway. After today, they'll be hating me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that going to happen during the parting shot, or is that just, just in general, you know, surly mood? I think during this whole podcast, they're going to hate my guts. Mm-mm. What's brought this on? Well, you have Mr. Drew McIntyre. You know, he's very good, of course. Like I said last week, you know, he's a good wrestler. You know, I've watched him obviously come up from mostly the UK circuit, as you have. Yeah. But, you know, I, just when I watch the guy, I just, don't ble- I just don't believe that he's this killer. He looks like a killer, but he's a, he's a nice killer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to see a nice killer. I want to see a badass, you know, someone that goes in there, you know. This guy had this, was it, Scotty Psychopath gimmick when he first came back? Mm. Now he's talking about, uh, what was it, Goldberg, you know, uh, you'll be dead, mate. It's like, you know, he gets headbutt on the floor and things like that. So, okay, well, fair enough. I know, but he won in the end. This this nice this nice killer, he beat, he beat Goldberg. But you know what? It's true, he did beat Goldberg. You know what? I give him credit for that. But... You so-called fans out there claim that he beat, what, is that 56-year-old or 55-year-old Goldberg? So that's like, well, the guy can't win. Mm. And obviously, now that he has to defend the belt at the elimination table, I'm sure he'll win that one. But, you know, I think if he gives a very good performance, and personally, if he does like a diesel where at least if he eliminates, you know, quite a few people, or again, there's a Goldberg, like in the elimination chamber in 2003, where he eliminated yeah. at least half half people in the chamber, then I'm like, okay, you know what? Cool. Yeah, cool. could see a claymore through the through the pod. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> that's probably gonna happen. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it sounds like an okay okay mix. It would would have been nice to see Goldberg thrown in the chamber just for one extra. You could do a couple of minutes in there. Maybe replace Jeff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's as much of a threat as Jeff Hardy is to the time, isn't he? You know what? That's true. Yeah, I like Jeff Hardy, but, you know. Yeah. No, I don't dislike Jeff Hardy, but just it it doesn't really fill you with, okay, there's a, a massive crop of guys that are going to win the championship. Obviously, Randy, Sheamus to a degree. Mm-hmm. You never know, Miz. But yeah, I think you know an elimination chamber is a good match in general. It's something different, isn't it? Oh, that's true. Let's keep saying that's like to break from the norm instead of just seeing the same old thing that you see every week. Very true. So something to something a bit different. And it's good if he goes go through the the whole group of elimination chamber opponents. Then it's it's, it's stacking on his his resume, isn't it? He's beat Goldberg, beat Randy to get the belt back quick. Beat Lesnar. Beat Lesnar to win it. Yeah, he's, he's kind of, other than losing it to Randy and, and getting beat by Roman, and even then he sort of hung with Roman. Mm. And actually, yeah, if he wasn't for a dodgy tactics, he may have won. Yeah. So yeah, he's been he's been presented as the as well, pretty much the top guy, the same as Roman on the level. Mm, so this soon this is his build to WrestleMania, beat beat all of those, and who knows, maybe the Lesnar rematch. You know, what I'm hoping for. Mm. <laughs> I'm hoping for the so-called Dave, uh, Dave Meltzer prediction of 
Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton and our boy yeah. Edge. <laughs> I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for it. Just Stop to really. piss the fans off. Just to piss the fans off. I'm like, yeah, go on, give me that. Just give it to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, hopefully, hopefully not. Well, you can see Edge is going to virtually what every show, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Mm. And again, nothing against NXT, but look, he's not going. He's not going to go down to NXT and face um, who is it? Uh, Finn Balor for the belt. I like Finn. Don't get me wrong, but NXT again. It's the so-called developmental territory for a reason. The guy's not going to, again, he's not going to go down there and face him for the belt. It's like, look, it's either Roman or it's Drew. Personally, I would prefer to see Roman because, again, I don't think it's a match that we've seen before. I think they've they've had, like, maybe tag matches, maybe. But one-on-one, especially as Roman's a heel, that'd be good. Mm. But then what do you do? Do you let him win? Do you, him, do you let him get that fairy tale kind of ending, or you know, do you break the hearts of the of the fans and say, you know what, sorry, we'll give it to Roman? Now, what would you do? So it depends what's happening on the other side as well. Depends if if Drew's going to be the conquering hero of the day. There's two nights as well, isn't there? Yeah, two nights this year, so it doesn't have to be the happy ending. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you'd you'd, you'd kind of from a You'd be a little bit disappointed to see Roman's dominance come to an end. It wouldn't wouldn't end because he would probably just win the win the belt back next night or you know as soon as. But I wouldn't be that upset if he if he won it. But there's there's kind of part of you that feels like should, the person that finally beats Roman should be a bigger like well, Edge is a big deal. I'm not saying he's not, but I don't know. There's, there's a lot of life in it. Once once he's finally lost. It's, it's, it still can be a moment, but that's the moment, isn't it? Someone finally beats Roman mm. on this sort of like dominance. Anton, let's be real now, yeah. I like mm. it, but yeah, I know you're you don't really have a fascination for Edge like a lot of fans do today. Like you said, I mean, was it Edge? What is it? A twelve-time or eleven-time world champion? And to no, you, you, you don't see that as a big achievement in your mind. It's like, well, he's he held the belt and lost it twelve times. You know, he was like, "Well, it doesn't mean that to you." And it means, oh, it means something. It means something, but I don't. I don't feel I, you used to try and wind me up by saying that Edge is better than Stone Cold Steve Austin because he's had more titles. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, anyone listening? Obviously, people listening to this. I never said he was better. I said <laughs> if you're going by championships, if you're going by fighting, theoretically, the fact that Edge has won more world titles than Austin, theoretically, you would say he's better. I didn't say he was better than Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not. That's that's the thing. It's the same as if if a uh, if a champion has held the belt for years, and he only held it once, compared to somebody who's held it ten times in that one year, mm-hmm. even though they've had more, that person never needed to win it nine more times because he held it, and no one could take it off him. That's that's why I don't, I don't feel like necessarily it doesn't automatically mean you got more championship reigns than you're you're better than somebody else because mm-hmm. I, I've. I, I know it sounds it's it's weird because it sounds better. Oh, I'm a ten time champion instead of a one time. Mm. But I would rather win it one time and never lose it, or lose it once and that's like I've held it for years, than keep winning it every week and losing it every week. Oh, so, same the same time period. I'd say the person who didn't get beat is better, and it's and it's obvious because you don't need to win it back if you don't lose it. That's true. Well, I, I was going to say, look at your boy Stone Cold again. I like Stone Cold too. 
Yeah. Well, obviously, you beat Shawn Michaels WrestleMania. And who did he yeah. lose to? Kane in a couple months. Mm. <laughs> he lost to Kane in the next night and roll. Boom. He won the belt, the belt back. True, true. But then he held it for, for a bit longer. I mean, Stone Cold it, it isn't also isn't a shining bastion of like these epic no, long no, reign. The era that he, he won it in, it, don't, it doesn't sit alongside a lot of the other. It, it hit the Attitude Era where belts change so often. So Stone Cold's not even a shining example of that, but obviously I, I don't think it's debatable that Stone Cold is more significant, is bigger, is better. Like it's it's your opinion in terms of the wrestling the wrestler mm. in watching them, but in terms of status and that kind of thing, obviously Stone Cold is it's way above edge. That was that oh, was yeah, yeah. And for me, like I, I liked what Austin's performance as well, but just, just in terms of the calibre of star, there's not many people that are on his level that is no. in the debate as to whether they're bigger stars than Stone Cold. Mm. And Edge isn't one. No disrespect. So you fans heard it. Anton Green said that Edge is not on the level of Stone Cold. So. <laughs> Were you, you expecting a, a flood, <laughs> like the mailbag to be flooded now? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because again, <laughs> again I, like, I like Edge. I, don't know, I like Edge, but, you know, for me, it's that thing where, again, I always saw the story of where he'll come back, he'll win the Royal Rumble, he'll go to face Drew, Randy Orton will kind of like try to stop him. He'll beat, um, well, he would pin Randy, he wouldn't pin Drew. He'll pin Randy in the match, win the belt, and then next night in Raw, Drew basically would ask for his match, boom, play more, one, two, three, boom, I'm gone. That's it. That's what I assumed it was going to be. But, you know. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to see. I guess we've got, you got Elimination Chamber and Fast Lane before WrestleMania. So that'll probably make it a bit clearer what's going to happen. Mm. What's your kind of predictions kind of along the way? Do you think... Okay, let's say, for example, Edge does go with uh, Roman. Do you think then that Brock Lesnar will come back if Edge drew? Maybe. I mean, it doesn't sound... If you, if you There's no real sort of rumours or anything circulating to say that he is. They coming back when you'd assume that's normally you hear that stuff, don't you? That starts that starts to leak out when he's. But yeah, yeah, he might he might just show up at one of these one of these events, and just give us that. I, I, yeah, I, I, it's just thinking of what you'd think, especially when you got two nights. You want big matches, don't you? Like star-studded matches. They've already given Goldberg on the Rumble, which could have been a WrestleMania caliber, like in terms of something big. So you, I, it just sounds like, I mean, him and Sheamus would be okay, but I don't think that's a big, big deal for WrestleMania. No. So who, yeah, who do you give him, really? That, that's the thing. You've got to think it's, you'd assume it'd be, I really, really don't know. I mean, it depends if they want to make him a focal point this year, isn't it? Because then really he needs somebody of caliber, someone who's been, somebody on the, on the level of Lesnar, Cena, or, or Edge, but so it looks like Edge will go for Roman. Well, if you look at it, um, realistically, with Drew, again, I did think it could be Brock Lesnar, but also think about that big old, big old Lummox that, you know, uh, that's, you know, that's quite, so uh, you had the big man, Lars Sullivan, who basically quit, quit, mm. got relieved of that thing, and he was supposed to be tired, like, you know, as like, this big star from NXT and everything. That's a shame, you know? Mm-hmm. Or what do you think? Would, would you see that as a big WrestleMania match? Drew McIntyre versus Lars Sullivan? 
again, for me, you know, but again, for, you know, for today's fans, maybe, because again, today's fans apparently liked him. You know, they said it was quite good on NXT. I personally didn't see him on NXT, but, you know. Yeah, he had the initial hype, but then he, he kind of hit a lot of backlash over the years, mm-hmm. didn't he? A lot of stop-start. You know, as he just kind of, he just pop up, start squashing people for a couple of weeks, gone, and come back in a year or, or something like that and start squashing people again and gone. So it's like he never really had that momentum to to take. So, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I could see that if they wanted to. If they gave him a consistent push, they might have had him. He's kind of like a a, a budget Lesnar. Mm, that's true. Yeah. But I, think, I think the problem with Lars, obviously, the issue from what I can was reading, was that he was he had anxiety problems. Yeah. Which, you know, I think it's quite a shame. Because obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of people in life who has anxiety problems in many different kind of facets. But for whatever reason, you know, they said he wasn't turned up to shows and, you know, he had issues there. I think personally, they could have worked with him and helped him along the way. Perhaps maybe send him back to NXT and giving him some sort of like maybe therapy sessions or something like that to help him, you know, get, you know, get to the stage they want him to. But mm. then again, if they're paying you that kind of money, you need to be ready in it. It's like, you know, if you're not ready, then see that. Yeah, and you don't know what they actually did do for him, sort of behind the scenes. I mean, the fact they did they didn't cut him because that was the first time around, wasn't it? I remember the the, the room that he was going to fight John Cena at WrestleMania, and then he yeah. he had an anxiety attack. But he, I mean, they didn't cut him. They they brought him back again. So who knows what they're doing for him? Yeah, at least I mean, one thing they didn't just say right. You know, you you bowled it, you're gone. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't look like he's going to make a a surprise appearance. So we can we can scratch put a line through Lars Sullivan versus Drew. Wrestling well, that one's out. I, well, I take it whoever it's going to be, it will be a great match at Mania, and hopefully, Drew McIntyre wins the match. You know, retains his WWE title and continues his legacy. Yeah, you know? it'd be good for him to go through another WrestleMania as champ. Well, look, my boy Brett didn't do that. Brown didn't do that. In all the years that he was your champion, he never once you know he didn't reign from one WrestleMania. To the next as a WF champion. No, no, he didn't. Did your boy Sean do it? Well, yeah, no. Nah, see, he came into nine as champ, didn't he? And he left ten. Yeah. It's the closest he came. It's close. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> so he, he, got, he got ripped off at Mania nine, but then the following year he got the belt back. So he kind of went into one WrestleMania with the belt and come out of it, but then come out the next. Yeah. Week. He kind of just fell at the last hurdle. Yeah, Sean. No, I don't think Sean Michaels ever did. Did he? Yeah. he won it at 12, he was off for 13, and then he lost at 14. Yeah. No, he never did. I think we, but the, when once we hit Brett and Sean's era, it wasn't mm. like, you didn't normally get the year long. It seemed to be they go from somebody to somebody, didn't they? You went, yeah, yeah Brett, then they tried Lex, Diesel. Oh, yeah, Diesel. Back <laughs> to Brett and Pro. So no one was really getting like years as the top guy. Mm. Even Sean, like Sean was touted as the, the new gener- leader of the new generation after Diesel, but he did really. When you think about it, he, he won the championship in '96. He was gone in '98. So yeah, true. one year he was out mm. WrestleMania. So yeah, I mean, it's, he was presented like it obviously wasn't the same caliber of star as Hulk Hogan, but he was kind of going to be the Hulk Hogan of the new generation, the top guy. Mm. But it wasn't a long period, was it? it? Wasn't until Stone Cold came along when you did actually get a new face of the WWF WWE. And look how long he lasted. What? Maybe three, just about three years, if that. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's crazy to think how that's one of the things I've heard it said about how this this sort of generation that we watch now of wrestling is like and and it goes back to that's why I don't think it's necessary to say, oh, the wrestlers of today aren't aren't as good as it like it's 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 the the nature of it. The fact that these guys have been overexposed because been watching some of them for like ten years straight. Mm. Back in the day, like Austin's period was as you say, it was like three years three or four years at the very top. Mm. And the same with The Rock. I mean, The Rock, Kim, he was, he was gone within five yeah, years. Yeah. And, yeah, and you look at even someone like Dolph Ziggler. He's not <laughs> he's, – he's, he's, when did he join? must have been like 2008. Is that 2009? 2009 with, 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 with the um, Spirit Squad, isn't it? They, oh, yeah. So I wouldn't really count that because it's kind of – Okay. Kind of, when, when did he come on board as Dolph Ziggler? I assume, what, 2009, 2010? Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – that's well over ten. That's ten years now. Yeah, I'm just consistently being on there, pretty much, and it's like pretty much every single week, week in, week out, week in, week out. You're seeing them, so you are going to burn out a lot, a lot of matches and excitement about them. You're not going to get as interested in seeing them as you would have done when people were paced or they had a shorter shelf life, like you know Stone Cold and The Rock. Five years, five or six years of them, and then it's, it's funny. Just took over. No, it's true. I think. It, it, it's kind of funny because, like, you know, you have like Dolph Ziggler and everything. I do think he's pretty good. You know, back, you know, back in the day, I said back in the day, gosh, he's kind of old. Maybe what, maybe what, 2011, 2012? I thought, like, you know, he was really starting to kind of get his own way. Um, well, I think he went to Raw. He cut his hair off, didn't he? he cut his hair off. Got rid of that stupid dye in his hair. The next thing you know, he got the dye back, didn't he? That's right. See, Master, because I, I remember it not, not long after we first met. I remember you yeah, yeah, being yeah. one of your one of your favorites at the time. I remember you you yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a tribute. He was quite quite high on Dolph in the early days. Yeah. Yeah, so he's definitely been around a while. And you know what, funny enough, it's like a lot of people say, Oh, that uh, a lot of people are tested people when they become champion. I think literally before he became champion, I was like, Oh, forget this guy. <laughs> like okay enough enough because like okay he changed his hair for me I'm like, okay cool but then it's just like you know he put that stupid blonde streak back in his hair you know pretty girl on a piece of me I mean she's decent as a manager and then I was like okay forget it and then the next thing I know I hear if I'm supposed to like him again he had was it um was it Biggie and um AJ Lee yeah next yeah. thing you know he won the world title and I can't you know that was like a big pop when he won it the belt you know what I mean everyone's going mad and then what within a month I think he had, he had a concussion it, with um, uh, Del Rio. Yeah. And then that was it. And I think, again, the only time, again, I remember thinking that Dolph could be something was when he fought Dean Ambrose, when he was champion. Remember? At SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Right? And then, yeah, and then after that, it was like, okay, yeah. It's Shawn Michaels ripoff, you know, with the boots, the hair, the gear. Like, okay. <laughs> well, anything else, you wanna, anything else you want to talk about? I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. I was watching the video of us in Austria when we won the Austrian Tag Team Championship, that match with the Zombies. Oh, yeah. And your your promo that you did at the start. What was the promo? The promo. I'll, I'll add it. We can add it on, onto this, this podcast. It was um, so as, we, as we came out, you had uh, Humongous, Gerard, at ringside. Yeah. And, you, and you took the mic off him. And then he's still talking, so he's kind of commentating slash announcing. 
and you mm. said, ignore the fat man, ignore the fat man. And he still talking. It was something like, sit, sit down and shut up. And he, and he, he come back. I'm already sitting, you asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, that was funny. I remember. Yeah, and then you just broke into that. I think he, he gave you a he gave you an opening for. <laughs> to, uh, he, he started bringing Brexit into it. Because obviously, this was oh, 2009, was it two thousand nineteen May two thousand nineteen. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so Brexit's still in the in the process, and he, mm. he mentioned Brexit, and then no, he, he did, and then he mentioned Brexit, but then he, for some reason he mentioned about us coming like from America. I'm not That's sure. That's it. Yeah, and and then you said, yeah, America with the best. <laughs> president in the world oh, <laughs> and he's like what the <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i remember now the crowd was going crazy good, very good crowd though the crowd, they basically it up really good it was great yeah I suppose, yeah when you started calling them germany instead of austria oh, God. they are germany but yeah okay oh yeah that was because <laughs> i don't i don't think we planned Hadn't been said like we're going to come out and do a promo. I didn't do a promo. Oh no! I just stood there. I just mimed. <laughs> I did that. I did that. <laughs> I did reactions and some. A lot of it. Was, I didn't know what you. I didn't know you can do a promo. So I definitely didn't know what you were going to say. And there was there was the comment about Trump. So I kind of okay. Let's just turn my head. <laughs> like I've got to kind of nod. Like yeah, because we're bad guys. We're supporting Trump for sure. Nod. It's time for World Underground Wrestling. London calling I'm sitting already there, so shut up. Okay, shut up. Okay, let the true British people speak. Yeah, but you are not in the shut up, European Union. We don't want to be the European Union. We join like yeah, that is like we asshole. Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. All right, Germany, quiet out, Germany. All right, Germany. Let's go, Germany. We are Austria. All right, Germany. Now, you have a big sink between your legs, mister. It's the biggest all you women will ever see. Now, it looks like an old brick, you know. Ignoring a fat man. <laughs> the business came to Austria from USA. Indeed from the USA with the greatest president of the world, Donald Trump. What the f I think the thing with wrestling, what I love about, you know, about being yourself is that you sound authentic. You come across as genuine, mm. whereas obviously the problem like with WWE at the moment, again, I'm probably sure it was happening back in the 80s as well, where Vince or whoever was in charge, Vince uh, Pritchard and everything, was giving the wrestlers basically like guidelines. It's like, okay, these are the points we want you to hit and go out there and do whatever you're going to do. And obviously, like you said, back then it sounded more authentic. Whereas now, it's basically word for word for word. You can even see that it's look, they, look, they look like they're in a script. Mm. They sound very monotone, very boring. You know? Yeah. I, I was going to say, wasn't there a moment, was it, with Randy Orton? I mean, he did a, he did a promo with Seamus. 
and I think he, he forgot his um line. And I think he said to was Seamus, oh, what's my line? And you can kind of see that Seamus kind of just gently give him a few words. Yeah. And like, okay, cool. And remember what he was doing. Stuff like that. You know, again, to me, you know, people can say, oh, wrestling's, you know, it's bad word, the F word, it's fake or whatever. And that, but it's like, okay. Like when you go watch a movie, you suspend your disbelief. You know what I mean, you go there, you believe what you're watching. Yeah. You know, you, you, know, you, you get engrossed by the film. When you go to a wrestling show, it's, for me, it's the old person, Ollie Anderson. You know, I can't get everyone to believe if they're real. But, you know, when you leave, you're going to think, yeah, I'm real. That's my philosophy. Yeah, I can't, can't make you believe wrestling's real, but you believe I'm real. Yeah. Yeah, as an individual. Yeah. Mm. And I think, I think really that's how it should be. Because, again, like I said, I said it last week, I said it the first week, you know, from when we started this podcast. Everyone wrestles the same. In real life, no one fights the same. Yeah. Nobody fights the same. But in WWE, it's like everyone just looks the same, sounds the same. It's just like, ugh, so ugh, boring. That is the thing. Yeah, that is the thing a lot of people said about you many times. When you've when we've done those angles, I've, I've seen it as a, when I've promoted it, like as a promoter, you're, you're executing an angle. Or also when me and you were feuding years ago in RV. So I've seen it firsthand. It's like how you actually get into character like you can believe. That you're trying to, oh, yeah. you're trying to chase the guy or catch the guy. You've done, you've done it many times. <laughs> you did it with Lee. There was a time everybody with Lee Rogers after. Oh gosh, yeah. So I think, yeah, it was after the after Buff. Buff was having his farewell. He send off. Mm. Buff was having a send off, and the they won the tag bouts off the BBC Bouncer Club. Yeah. And uh, Lee's having a rant at me because I'm on the promoter and I'm at ringside. And you just got in the yeah. face. You two had a proper square off. And I remember people actually thinking <laughs> it was real that you two were actually going to fight. Like, you pushed me. I think mm. it's the post. And all, for, at ringside, you just come up right in his face. And it's proper, yeah, mm. proper moment. So every, every, people believed that. And then there was the time with Steve Minnelli. <laughs> you, do, you do sometimes take it so far. It's like, oh, God, <laughs> these people have actually got to run. He got a run for it. Oh, yeah. I had to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, back in, in R&V, me and you were feuding after we'd split. So we mm. tag team partners, and then, then I turned on you. And I, mm. I yeah, you would, chase, you would chase me around the ring. And it's like, it's like yeah. you're breathing down my neck. I'm getting the goosebumps. Like, oh, my God. Like, I'm actually trying to – I know, like, me and you are, uh, are best friends. I know you. Yeah, I, know. I know it's an angle because we planned it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually feel that fear like, whoa, I better run because <laughs> if he grabs me, he's actually going to try and ring my neck. I'm telling you, but that's how it should be, though. That's how it should be. It's good. Yeah, you know? it's, it's like method acting. It's like, yeah, like, it, it, yeah it, it's like the De Niro, De Niro school of acting in the rest mm. world. Well, good, it makes you believe. I would say, well, yeah, I would say technically I did kind of get it from him, mm. but. I think I kind of use people, like, again, people might laugh at me, but I use, you know, the old kind of Sid Vicious kind of thing, you know, with the, the, the faces, the seriousness in the promos, you know, people like Ron Simmons or Rook, as you want to call him. Mm. You just look at me like, yeah, this guy's a badass, you know. Armour Johnson, you think, oof, you know, badass. If you look at him, you think, you know what, this guy really could harm me. But I think, again, like I said, like you said, obviously we'll get out here, you know, down the line. People started to come a bit. People say, <clears throat> People started to come across a bit kind of like phony, you know, very light, very I call it tappy tappy. You know, mm. but 
Yeah. You mean tap, yeah. tappy? Tappy tappy is in like AEW style, very light. Just like kick, kick, punch, 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 flip, move, moonsault, DDT, uh, what's it called? Two stone, fireman's carry, two stone. Just like, uh, just... And kick out one. To me, you guys have one. Kick out one. It's that. To me, it's like you guys are weak then. You know, what would Jim Cornette's kind of um, saying with, um, with Triple H? Your spare time, I think. Uh, what do you say? Yeah, you're not, if, you, if you're not dead. <laughs> yeah, well, if he's dead, then you're, yeah, then you're a badass. If he's, if he's not dead, then you're uh, weak. Speaking of Jim Cornette, what do you think about his, um, his rant with Meltzer? Fill me in. I, I haven't heard his rant about Meltzer. Well, obviously, you know, he's got his co-host called Brian Lass. Yeah. And again, the guy seems all right. You know, he seems quite knowledgeable in wrestling, especially through the 70s and 80s and 90s. And I think, obviously, Meltzer loves to kind of, like, uh, go at um, Jim Cornette. And from what I've kind of heard, um, Brian Lass basically put out a post talking about how not so good AEW is, and basically their, their weekly show called Dynamite. Isn't that great? Mm. And as always, Dave Meltzer just goes on, goes on, you know, always tries to, you know, make everyone think, oh, yeah, AEW is great. So, look, and Brian Lass was basically saying, look, if you like it, fine, but don't force me to like it. And obviously, down the line, obviously, um, Nelson's basically taking this, um, taking cheap shots at Brian Lass. And obviously, he, you know, he tried to throw in the Jim Cornette thing. And obviously, you know, when <clears throat> obviously Brian Lass basically told Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette basically did like what a 15, 80 minute kind of rant, just letting him know, you know, you'd ask why, you know, you know, they used to be friends, you know, obviously he supported him. But again, like, it's, you know, what I said before, you can like what you like, but don't force me to like it. You know, yeah. There's more than one yeah. show. If you don't like Raw, fine. If you don't like SmackDown, fine. If you don't like NXT, fine. If you don't like AEW, fine. Again, I remember. Again, I'm gonna drop some names now. I know, like, you know, like Dow Jones used to always tell me about PWG and Chikara and all these sort of places. Whether they're still around anymore, I don't know. But there's all these other shows you can watch. I think Ring of Honor's still around, isn't it? Yeah, I see. Yeah, Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah, watch that. Watch New Japan. Everyone loves New Japan for some reason. So watch that. You know. And obviously, we both know that Meltzer loves New Japan. So in his mind, it's like, well, AEW is like the American version of New Japan. It's move after move. He's got his buddies, Young Bucks. He's got his buddies, um, Kenny Omega. You know, he's best friends with um, Tony Khan there, I think. And again, anybody who knows anything about Tony Khan, again, I'm, you know, I do sports and political journalism. So again, I, I know sports overall. The guy seems like he seems decent. He seems decent enough, especially for a Fulham football club. Mm. Yes, you know, the club's going up and down and that. But, you know, the guy's got a financial backing behind him. And personally, for me, I think, you know what, you guys, especially um, other supposing journalists, I hate using the word journalists because they're not really journalists, but, you know, these Bruce Mitchells and all these people like that, you know, they're saying about how, you know, Tony Khan, he's okay, but, you know, he's a money market and everything. Look, if you don't have people like him and Dixie Khan and everything, where are you going to get competition? Where are you going to get, the, you know, your wrestling shows? They're going to come from somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's all a good thing. Yeah. Variety adds extra, extra options. Yeah. And as you say, if you, don't, if you don't like one style of wrestling or one type of promotion, no one's forced you to watch it. There's, there's plenty out there. There's, there's a place for everybody and every wrestler. There's a place for Goldberg, place for Lesnar, place for Ray Styles, place for Kenny Omega. Well, I think, you know, with what Kenny Omega is doing on Impact, I think it's actually pretty good. You know, he's trying to go out there and, you know, collect these world titles. And I think 
from someone like me who respects history, respects you know the history of like the world titles, you know from you know George Hackersmith, um, uh, Harley Race, Briscoe, Terry Funk, Ric Flair, Bret Hart, you know all, all these sort of wrestlers. I like the fact that he wants to actually go out there and collect all these as air quotes legendary belts, including the NWA World Title. Mm. But, you know he's at um, he's on Impact. He's gonna face uh, Rich Rich Swan, sorry, Rich Swan, obviously for the Impact World Title TNA belt to me, but Impact World Title. I'm sure he's gonna beat him. You got the thing with uh, Nick Aldis, who's still NWA World Champion, which is pretty good. I'm sure they're gonna obviously bring him along and everything. But then it's like, okay, so people like me, and you, the NWA title to me still it meant something back in the day. I think from a historical point, because obviously I love history. Mm. From a historical point, the NWA title still means something. But compared to like you know the WWE title or you know even the, even the Universal, it's like it's incompatible anymore. You know, I think it's kind of lost its luster. But you know, maybe if you know Nick Aldis goes to you know AEW, gets me on air um, screen time, bring up a little bit. And again, everyone loves Kenny Omega, so if he wins the belt, you know, more TV time for the belt. As Al Snow says, was it? Um, you're basically a commercial. You go on the, sh- you know, whatever you do out there, you're a commercial to sell your products. Mm. That's good. You're actually saying something positive about Kenny Omega. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think we need to go to that pine shop. Mm. Is there anything you want to say before I say it? Yeah. Uh, let me just put on my bulletproof vest in case I get caught in the crossfire. Oh yeah, indeed. Zip it up. Hold on. Fire away. Well, I want to start off first of all with Mr. Cody Rhodes, Mr. Nightmare. Listen, you are the one who impregnated your wife. Not Shaq, not me, not Anton, not your brother Dustin, nobody but you. It's what? You and some other woman. Again, she's so insignificant to me that I don't remember her name. But you got Shaq, who's basically taking the mick out of you on his own show. Is it, was it Jade Cargill? What her name is? You know, you're training her. Fine. But, you know, if, you know, people already are complaining about, oh, the match doesn't make sense, doesn't make sense. You ruined it, mate. You're the one who ruined it. You know, you have your AEW show. Again, like I said before, AEW is okay. For what it is, it's okay. But, you know, I personally don't like the fact that, you know, you have these so-called numbers. Oh, you're getting your sixes and you're getting your eights and everything. Those, it's not good number. It's not good numbers, mate. You want to mock Vince Russo? Again, I like Vince Russo. You like Vince Russo, Anton? He's all right, bro. Okay, then. I, I know you don't want to say because you're afraid of the firebacks, but, you know, I'll say it for you. The business likes Vince Russo. <laughs> hey, yes, everything hey, he did wasn't great. Hey. <laughs> okay, I, Gable Myers, Gable Hitman Myers, likes Vince Russo. I know everything he did wasn't great, but you know what? I think for what he did do, he did very well. Yes, you could say, okay, you know, Vince McMahon was the filter, or as Mr. Bruce Lyon Pritchard would say, oh, you know, if it wasn't for him and JR and everything and Jim Cornette, you Cornette, I like you, don't get me wrong, but I like both you and Vince. So I'm sorry. You know, if it wasn't for people like Vince Russo, again, he's one who gave people, again, like the, the you know, he gave the lower card something to do. He made him mean something, even when you, you, you were saying before mm. yourself, you know, people like who? Val Venus, again, nobody's. Val Venus, Bob Hollies, even Triple H to a point. Again, this is before Triple H was the guy, you know. 
the ah, well, well, you know, I married Stephanie. Ah, I married to no that guy, the guy who, if, who you guys call it, you know, the, the the saving grace of wrestling. When I remember at one point, virtually all you guys couldn't stand him. All you guys couldn't stand him. I'm talking about Livewire. I'm talking about Buff Broadside. I'm talking about Tristan Still. I remember all you guys didn't like him. Now you all love him. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? But, you know, see, even now I'm like, I took a deep breath. Right <laughs> well, I need a deep breath. If, well, uh, if you bring Vince Russo to AEW, that's heat in itself, mate. That will be heat in itself. You fans cannot stand him. People like me, and Anton, if he wants to, will be cheering him on. Again, even even if you guys made like a, I don't know, maybe a couple months storyline, you guys, you know, Vince Russo kind of builds like his old group again, you know, either the SES group or whoever it's going to be. Or again, Vince Russo versus Cody Rhodes. Oh, you know I mean? Somebody, Vince Russo versus Tony Khan, where, you, you know, he's shooting and I'm saying, but, you know, you don't know wrestling. I've been in the business for how long or whatever. That could be good. You know, that can kind of give it its, its, its edge. And for me, you know, there is a point I was making. Your numbers are uh, eight. Yeah? If Vince Russo was there, who knows? Maybe all you two, three, four million fans who love wrestling, who's, you know, who's long gone, you might even come back. Why? For Vince Russo? You might even come back. <laughs> yeah. To see Vince Russo get his ass kicked. Why not? Because uh... right now, look, right now you got all, you got all your um, indie stars living. You know, you, you got all your stars. You got your Cody Rolls. You got your Lance Archers. You got all your stars. Look. They even have our stars. They have what? Is it uh, Tony Blanchard? They have Arn, Arn Anderson and everything. And they still can't reach one. They still can't reach one. Say, give, Russo, give, give Vince Russo a shot. Who knows? Vince, if you, if you listen, Vince, if you listen to this, I'm giving you... Uh, um, what's the word? A, um, a, big, a big prep up. A big addition. I'm like, look, just, you know, tuck your toe between your legs so you know what? Make some decent money for you and your family. You know, your, your grandpa now. Make some good money, put some money aside for you. Go there. Go there and do your stuff, man. Come on. I know you people may think, what the hell is this guy talking about? End of the day, AEW's okay, but please stop trying to big out for more than what it is, because it's not. It's a joke. Fox thinks it's a joke. TNT thinks it's a joke. Even Sky Sports thinks it's a joke. They laugh at Tony Khan at Fulham Football Club. Oh, you got that wrestling club. You got that wrestling show. Come on. Mm-hmm. No, that was, that was the parting shot. I'm, I'm, I've avoided the bullet. All right, people, as you can see, Mr. Green's being a coward and not really saying his true feelings. <laughs> but I want to thank what? you all for listening to this. Nah, the parting shot is it's your parting shot. I haven't got any. I know it's my parting back. shot. I know it's my parting shot. shot. But at the same time, I, I want you to kind of chime in if you think you agree. Yeah, I, I neither agree nor disagree. I haven't looked at all of the ratings and I don't actually watch. My, I catch, I catch bits and pieces of AEW, so I do. I, I sort of listen. I've, I've said I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I still watch wrestling, but I don't watch it like I used to watch it, where I try and watch every program that's out there, every promotion I could find. I don't. I don't feel like I have enough time in my life or desire to watch every bit of wrestling that's there. So I, I'm selective. So I do. I keep up with Raw. I keep up with SmackDown. And I keep up with the WWE pay-per-views. Anything outside of them, I will catch bits and pieces. If I hear something that interests me, if I'm flicking through YouTube or something comes up on Facebook that interests me, I'll I'll pay attention. So obviously I've paid a little bit of attention when Sting showed up 
in AEW. I've I've checked out little bits of Jake the Snake or Arn Anderson in AEW. I saw when Tyson showed up, just things that kind of interest me. And I might I don't actually dislike Orange Cassidy. <laughs> but I don't really pay massive attention to all of wrestling that's out there. Just don't have the time or inclination to do it. So I, I wouldn't be talking from a position of like, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to AEW or to have what I'd feel like is a, a really, I don't, I don't know what their demographics are, their ratings, their performances. So it'd be a bit unfair for me to, to chime in. It sounds like, you know, more, you've been paying a bit more attention. So that's why I, I hung back. Not because I, because I'm a coward and don't want to insult AEW. I just don't have a strong opinion on it. One way or the other. As you can see, people, as you can see, our lovely fans, Mr. Anton Green chose to give a Bruce Pritchard slash Triple H diagram of how he, was, he hasn't watched wrestling for a long time. But, you know, he doesn't really understand the demographic, even though he's watching wrestling for like over 30 years now. But he conveniently likes pockets and everything. I speak... I speak on behalf of the business. I speak basically no, for the business. No. We don't we don't mind them. We don't mind it. But you know, don't big up and don't big it up to what you think it is. It's okay, but it's not great. Give it time and you'll get there. And you made a comment before we go. You made a comment about Sting. I love Sting. You like Sting. You know, you watched him, you know, at a much you know earlier period mm. than I did. But the fact is. All you fans talk about it was so great Sting! in AEW, 61 years old. And again, I love Sting, regardless of his age. But you 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 don't mock Sting, but Goldberg, who met a bad way, who's in better shape than him, who probably looks like he, he could probably you know break Sting in half. He's an old man, but Sting's okay. Okay, Dave Meltzer. Okay, fans. Well. This has been the party shop. Anton, it's been a pleasure. Always. Well, people, we will see you next week. Have a good week. Have a good week. Please be safe. You know, keep on, you know, um, isolating and, you know, wearing your mask, washing your hands. You know, we must all stand together in this trying time. And believe me, sooner than later, we will all be out of this pandemic and we can get back to enjoying our lives and watching the great sports. Sport first, then entertainment, that wrestling is.